0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck ears? What the fuck's the Whoa, that one was out. Probably still is out. Yeah, let's leave it out. All right, relax, Mark. Okay, I will. I'm Mark Marin, this is WTF my podcast. Today on the show, I uh, talked to Cindy Crawford, the uh, the supermodel that was uh, a dominant presence everywhere on the planet Earth for a decade or so when I was a uh, younger. Not so young that I was impressionable, but for those of you who are you know probably in your mid to late 30s, I think she probably holds a place there somewhere in your little prepubescent or just barely pubescent brain, that Cindy Crawford. Well, she was here with me. She has a book out. It's called uh, Cindy Crawford uh, Becoming. It's a memoir with a lot of pics. And I talked to Cindy Crawford because I could. Wait, you want to talk to Cindy Crawford? Yeah, I would like to sit across from Cindy Crawford and talk to her. So that's going to happen in a little while. You know, denial is a weird thing. Denial is, is something we all have. It's something I think many of us whether we know it or not, it's some sort of survival mechanism. You can't take it all in. You know, you can either, you know, close the you know close the valve down, shut the lens a little bit, adjust the f-stop, or just, you know, kind of you, you lube all that with some mild denial to whatever degree of denial you want. We all got a little bit of it. Even if we think we don't, it's there and, you know, whatever the case. But this was sort of basic, basic denial. I know I kind of got into this gas leak situation that I had. You know, I've got this this new driveway, as some of you know, that I don't spend a lot of money on. It rained pretty heavy the other day, the day before yesterday, and the, the rain doesn't gather. Sandbags are gone. Drainage is working fine, coming off the roof. There's the French drain in front of this beat-up garage. Beautiful. But a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that there might be an issue with the driveway because for, for a few weeks, I was smelling gas out in front of my house. I called the gas company. And they came over, and there's a fucking problem with it. There's a leak inside the pipe between the house where it goes into the cement, into my new driveway, down the driveway, into the main valve in the street. There's a leak somewhere in there. And the guy starts drawing these squares where he's going to jackhammer into my new fucking driveway to get to the pipe. And I'm like, what? I just got this driveway. I can barely even enjoyed it yet. And now you're going to drill a fucking square into it he's like yeah we got a guy we got a good contractor fills it in i'm like he's gonna be able to match the the grain of concrete like that he does a pretty good job i'm like and they're like we're paying for it you know it's our line i'm like yeah but i just got to but you know and it was in that moment where i had this sort of a revelation that might be helpful i don't know my first place that my brain would go in a situation like this of course this shit happens to me why me that's that's where my brain goes but then I did this more processing and I'm like, hey, you know, it's an old gas line. They didn't know. Maybe they, maybe it shook something loose when they were laying the driveway. Who knows Who knows whose fault it is, the whole pipe, whatever. So I shifted slowly with some minor fits of anger and rage. I shifted from why me to, you know what? That's life. It happens. Better. It's better. You, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I mean, it's just a, they might have to drill a hole in my driveway and lose a foot. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, yeah, some people have all the luck. Sure, some people never have to deal with this stuff. Some people just step in just, you know, beautiful piles of gold and shit every day. Some people do have all the luck, but everybody dies. And those people, you know, they're going to die too. This is not schadenfreude. This is not, a, you know, I'm not trying to be optimistic about people dying. I'm just saying that there's, there's problems everywhere. And that's life. All right? So not why me? Ah, that's life. Or if you want, that's my life, but that's a little close to why me. But anyways, the only way that they wouldn't have to drill in the concrete is if, if this guy could run a new line into the old line and make the corner up because it, it, it hits a corner and then goes up to the valve that goes into my house. And I didn't know I had to go to work. I know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to come home to a, just a mutilated, destroyed, scarred, and, and potholed new driveway or what. You know, and I, I went away for four hours and I get home and there's a guy out in the street in front of my house in a four-foot deep hole that's about three feet by five feet, you know, the size of the hole. He's in the hole. And I'm like, what's up? And he goes, I did it, man. I ran the cable up. We, we did it. We're not going to have to drill. And I'm like, holy shit. What, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones now. That's beautiful. And I go, what are you doing in there? He goes, well, this valve down here that we got to plug the new piece into is from like 1911. And I got to figure out how to... And I'm like, wait, wait. Wait, so like... This is a, this infrastructure issue is serious shit. Like, that, that means that all the fucking pipes that go all over this goddamn city and almost all cities that have any fucking history to them are from the early 1900s, late 1800s. Who the hell knows? So how do you fix all that? Here's your answer. You don't. You wait till they break one at a time and you just do some patchwork. That's how the infrastructure gets fixed. What, you think we're going to rip everything up to make everything safe and good? Nah, they'll just wait it out. Some of these pipes will surprise you. That's the infrastructure plan for America. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it does break, hope, I hope not too many people get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Tell that to the people. There's a gas week up in the valley, just horrendous. So, here's what happened. This is a surprising thing because I just had that gassing. They put a beautiful new valve in it, and I don't know if you ever get this feeling like when you get work done and then there's it's this whole new pretty thing, and you feel better about it. That there's some part of you that thinks you achieve something. It's ridiculous, but thank I I want to thank the you know Southern California Gas for doing that. But, but, you know, I, I do feel some part of me thinks like, I did a thing, but I did nothing. But even with that, here's what happened. So my water heater, the pilot was going out. This is all within two weeks. It kept going out. So I had this Sears guy come over because I don't have one of those new pretty little boxes that just does it by magic. I have an old style water heater, Kenmore. But they, you know, they have like a long warranty on them. Whatever. So the guy comes over to fix the pilot and then he leaves and I'm smelling gas. Smelling gas out there. It's, it's in the same room where the cat litter box is. I'm like, it's fucking gassy. Smells gas. And here's where the denial comes in. You know, this went on for days. And I'm like, what was going on? How could I let it go on for that long? Even the other gas week. What is it? Well, you know how, how they say like a lot of people when they get terminally ill, it's only because they waited too long to go to the doctor. You know, and we do that. You know, there's, it's just sort of like, <laughs> that doesn't feel too serious. You're not just gonna wait it out. You know, months later, oh, it's all over your body. You should have come in when he first. I thought it was just nothing. It's denial in a way. So I think that part of me, like that's the ridiculous thing about it. It's like I smell this gas leak in that back room, and I kept smelling it. I kept walking by and smelling it. And part of me was like, nah, you know, maybe it'll, yeah, maybe it just uh, you know heal itself somehow. Maybe, it'll, maybe it'll just you know maybe it'll just. Uh, you know where where the, there's a, a leak in the pipe or whatever, it'll just you know scab over and you know you know it could get better, could get better. You know, call the guys the machine, charge of the equipment. He came over and it's like yeah, it's tighten a thing that you don't know about, and that's why you know we have a job. You're not allowed to know about it. So now that's gone. So watch the dial. Could be dangerous in a lot of ways. Your house generally will not heal itself. Your body will, but you know, you should, don't wait too long if you're sick. Is that the point? <laughs> Is that what I was working towards? Want to, I'll read a couple emails. Okay, let's just read a couple and I'll do another thing and then we'll do. Subject line, interesting. I've been tempted to write several times and I've only listened to about five recent shows. Nothing quite felt right, even if I bothered to write it out identifying with you or a guest, compliments, etc. Nothing quite fit because I had a feeling that was more ambiguous at the end of each show, which made the happy thought I wanted to express seem dishonest. Then I realized about five minutes ago what it was. There's no spin for me to compensate for. It's the David Spade interview that sealed it. I never knew much about him, but I always liked him. After that interview, there were things about what he said and how he behaved that left me unsettled. I finally realized that the lack of spin made the interaction real. That word is so abused. He put in parentheses and gave me a new view of him as a person with normal person flaws. And that is what the unsettled feeling is at the end of several of your shows. You have let me see a part of the humanity of people whom I normally would only get to see the spin version of. Maybe I've let myself be conditioned to looking for the spin version. Thank you. Regards, Chris. Okay. Well yeah, the spin is an interesting word for it, but yeah, I mean some people, yeah, there's a polished sort of promotional version of people, a public, I think the public persona is what you're talking about when you say spin, and and I appreciate that. That's a nice email. I appreciate that. This is another touching one. These are touching. Just some guy, dot, dot, dot. Mark, I know a lot of people must contact you through this medium, providing input or commentary on your podcast. This isn't really that at all. I discovered you on my Netflix account under a title called Thinky Pain. That's my first special for Netflix. I didn't know what the fuck I was in for when I opened this comedy special, but I decided to just try it out. I was going to give you about 10 minutes of my attention. This wasn't me being judgmental against you. I just get a bit antsy on some things. Watching TV is one of those things. So I press play and it starts. Ten minutes. 20 minutes time just goes by for that hour or so that you were doing your thing I wasn't me for that hour I didn't have that tar black looming thunderstorm like cloud called depression raining despair upon me for that hour I totally ignored that feeling of loneliness that you can only get when your girlfriend moves four states away from you thus causing you to end the relationship your best friend that has been your right-hand man for close to six to eight years just up and leaves and it's just you in a cold bedroom by yourself in the basement of your mom and dad's house for that hour I saw someone who I could relate to thank you since then I've delved into the research of comedy Hicks Bruce Carlin and even Sam Kennison with his don't feed the hungry bit lol congratulations you've converted another mind to idolizing the greats keep helping others like me man you're doing a lot of damn good in this world just by being you so you better keep that shit up talk to you later Nate Boomer lives PS I was wondering if you could provide any input for a practicing guitarist got any tips or tricks of the trade yeah have fun man and thanks for the email made me feel good i'm glad that you appreciate what i do and i'm glad to help out any way i can man all right i'll read this one boomer lives subject line strange thing happened the other day i think it was a strange pavlovian response to years of listening to wtf i was playing guitar while my family was in the other room and upon the completion of a noodle riff i had made up i played a beefy e chord and then i had to fight an overwhelming urge to shout boomer lives so thanks mark Marin, for instilling in me the belief that all bluesy riffs and not in a turnaround or a chord but in a shout of invocation to your cat mascot I'm not saying I didn't like the response. It amused me. I just wasn't up for the explaining that would have to happen. Love you, Mark. Keep it up. Okay, buddy. That's from Eric. This one I found to be uh, provocative. Smells and intimacy. Hello, Mark. Your comments over the holidays about how intimacy ranges from the sublime to the grotesque, including the smelly stuff, brought to mind what I call the rule of shit. And that's in quotation marks, folks. I think all the best things in life involve shit. People shit, cat shit, dog shit, baby shit, food grows in shit, no shit, no life. Things that don't shit or don't grow in shit maybe don't matter so much. Money doesn't shit. The internet may be shitty but doesn't shit. Try to appreciate the shit in your life. It may be the product of something good or fertilizer to grow something good. Thanks for the intelligent comedy, Leslie in Connecticut. You're welcome. That was not a shitty email. All right, so in preparation to introducing the guest, subject line, Holy Grizzly Adams tribute. Hi, Mark. Just looking at the two photos in this week's WTF email, so I'm wondering, A, if your beard normally grows super fast. Oh, because he's looking between the two photographs, the one of uh, me and Mike Binder and the one of me and Cindy Crawford. A, if your beard normally grows super fast, B, if you did the first interview a while ago, or C, if your beard was visibly growing during the second interview due to the burly flood of Bruce Banner-like hormones provoked by having Cindy, oh my God, Crawford in your garage. Looking good, Holmes. Dan, that's what happened. It was awkward and I was surprised she didn't say anything. Um, I just sat here, uh, you know, I turned beet red and my beard started growing. She said nothing. So let's go now to my conversation with Cindy Crawford. Her book, Becoming, is a memoir with pics. Cindy Crawford and me. <laughs> So you drove all the way in from the Malibu? Yeah. And uh, was it bad?
1: It just was longer than I... Oh, right. I. Well, I gave myself an hour and a half, and it took an hour and a half. So uh-huh. I like to be early. And
0: do you live, like, on the beach? I do. Really? Yeah. How long have you lived there?
1: Uh, we lived... Full time in Malibu for 12 years.
0: Is it like, um, like I don't, you know, to go there is like you coming here. It's like I have to pack a bag yeah, and yeah. a tent, sleeping bag. But, uh, but it's, it's sort of weird and isolated out there, isn't it? I mean, I mean,
1: yeah, it is. Um, like
0: the town, like I've been there a couple of times. You go to this store and I just figure all you people know each other out there.
1: You, Kind of start to know everybody, yeah. which is nice. It's, it does feel like a small beach town. Uh huh. Um, with
0: very wealthy people wandering around.
1: Yeah, there, there's that, but there's also, I mean, there are, there's yeah. a, actually, there is economic diversity there. You wouldn't yeah, really, because there, there is like those, the mobile home parks. And, oh, right, right. Um, so and
0: that's where you live, it's right? It's surprisingly
1: <laughs> no. actually a lot of people. They're really nice mobile homes, by <laughs> really? the way. Yeah,
0: I'd like to go. And
1: there's and I don't think they get the tornadoes, which is good. <laughs> uh, right, no
0: tornadoes, just maybe a, a slightly uh, windy, but mm-hmm. no, no tornado. But so yeah, there's a little diversity down there. A yeah, little...
1: and it's a great place for us to raise our kids. We uh-huh. felt like um, it's not it, it because it is out there. Yeah, you don't come into town right. that much. Right. And, and so, even for my husband and I, we think, "Oh, do we really need to go to that dinner now? We'll just stay home." Oh, yeah. So it, it it kind of um,
0: so you lose friends, but you're okay. It's nice. You out you there.
1: make more Malibu friends. Your Malibu friends become really important, and <laughs> right. you end up spending more time with your family, which was a conscious decision that we made.
0: How many kids do you have? Two. And and the, so you you everyone's there, and you spend a lot of time with them. That's good. Yeah. Do you see Bob Dylan walking around ever? I
1: have seen Bob Dylan there, not for a while. I saw him a long yeah. time ago. Like one of my first times in Malibu, I was at a party at Sandy Gallon's house and he was sitting in a chair and it was just so surreal. It's funny when you have like those celebrity moments. Oh, yeah. Because I don't care who you are, there's still like certain people that are like, oh, yeah. For you, like, it's, like oh, my it's God. It's Bob Dylan or Paul Newman or people like that. Did you yeah. see Paul Newman? I did. Well, yeah.
0: you, I'm, well you're a pretty big celebrity yourself. I imagine it goes both ways. I imagine that Bob was happy to see you.
1: I don't know. He seemed pretty much in his own world that day. <laughs> that um, day, that <laughs> life. <laughs> um, so, Where did you see Paul Newman? I saw Paul Newman at a Broadway show. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, you know, just Beside couldn't take yourself. my eyes off of him. But then I actually had the opportunity to meet him with a friend of mine who yeah. um, is involved in his charity. And I got to hang out in his trailer on a movie. And that was really cool because... Then it, you know, everyone has their like public persona, right? Right. And it's nice, and you know, you kind of have to do that to protect yourself too when you're sure. out. But it's nice when you get to see people like in, you know, at home or in their own environment where they're where they don't have the right the facade. Up.
0: It's like well, also that generation, like he's passed away and Bowie passed away. It's oh, like, I know. It's starting to happen that that crew. I mean, Paul Newman was older, but like Bowie's crew. Now we got to watch. I mean, we're almost. You're you're a little younger than me, but but you know, those were our people.
1: Yeah, they are our cultural icons. Right. Yeah. And
0: now they're. It's so horrible because it, you know, all of a sudden, it's sad that they go. But then you start to think about your own trip. You know. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Did, did you ever meet Bowie when you were in New York? Come I, on, you must. I have. must
1: have. <laughs> I don't have like that moment with him oh, yeah, that yeah. I remember right. like, You know, certain people you remember the first time you met them or yeah, saw yeah. them yeah. like I remember meeting Warren Beatty or I remember meeting Jack Nicholson like you remember you know because whatever where did you meet Jack Nicholson I met him with um, Herb Ritz who is a photographer that I worked with a lot did and a lot
0: of the big pics of you huh yes
1: and Herb had he was a. He loved um, getting people together. He would have small gatherings, like thirty people. In but New they York. Would, no, here uh-huh. he's a, he's a L.A. guy. Yeah. And born and raised, and.
0: Is he still around?
1: No. Yeah. he Passed yeah, away. Right. He passed away probably about ten years ago. Uh, ah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he was. Yeah. He, was on he a would party. just have
1: like these crazy barbecues, and it could be like Madonna. John Kennedy Jr., Tracy <laughs> right. Chapman. Right. I mean, just like um, you know, Jack, uh, Jack Nicholson or Warren Beatty would be like a, such a neglected group of people. And Herb really, everyone loved Herb, and then his mother would kind of hold court. And Herb's mom. Uh, yeah, yeah. surely. Yeah. So it was cool.
0: And did you, like, well, that, it's so weird that, like that experience of being at a party like that or being anywhere with that type of group of people because I realized not long ago that they really can only hang out with each other. It's not like they can just, you know what I mean? They <laughs> they they can't just be among the regular population that easily. Right. So for them to be comfortable among a group of people, it has to be people like them in a way.
1: I think there is something about like, you feel like you can let your guard down. Around, right. Because it's kind of like, you know, everyone is invested in, what happened you know it's like that what happens in vegas stays in vegas yeah it's yeah like, yeah now it's changed because every i mean anywhere you go everyone has a cell phone like every, anywhere you, could, you go you could be being filmed at any time and it could end up on tmz i
0: sense a a, a, a swipe bit of anger in that.
1: well it's just <laughs> it's horrible i think that's part of the reason like it's not so much that like i'm always like models are people too or celebrities <laughs> are people too right but um it's because of that, like you, you, I would love to be able to just go to the beach yeah. and no one and be a regular person, right? right but right. then there's like the one idiot right. with the cell phone right. that's trying to get a bad picture. I right. mean it's 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 like a given take. Picture.
0: That's the worst of it, right? Well They're some looking... people get good ones, but yeah. you know,
1: it seems like the bad ones are
0: <laughs> right, more. more interesting.
1: <laughs> more probably get more force. So. Look at her. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, you had that problem like a year ago with that leaked photo,
1: right? It wasn't leaked and retouched. It wasn't just, it wasn't a real picture. Well, I mean, but then I came up with this whole idea that no picture is real, if you think about it. (laughs) Okay.
0: Because. Sure. It's a a representation.
1: Yeah. And it's like.
0: It's all manipulated. It's mediated. It's an image.
1: It's where the light is. I mean, you know, like I was saying to someone like, if I'm doing selfies of myself and I take it and I go, oh, the lighting's terrible. But if I go like turn toward the window the lighting's better that's the one i'm gonna post. sure it's the same me
0: right yeah 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 so oh yeah there are moments where you i just
1: realized like pictures are not
0: well what what was the deal with that what happened
1: um i don't really know actually it just
0: got out in the world
1: no it didn't just get out in the world (laughs) and no one actually knows but i think the photographer doesn't even know i mean i'm still friendly with him i still work with him um but he said he didn't know. And he actually was really upset about it because it used to be when you do a photo shoot. Right. Um, ninety nine out of the hundred pictures are probably not that great.
0: Right. That's why um, they take so many. And then
1: they would edit those out, yeah, those right. would end up in the trash, yeah. and then they would pick the best one. Right. Now with digital, like someone and this is what I think might have happened is someone might have walked by the monitor, because like, as you're shooting now, oh, right, it's coming right. up to a big monitor. Right, right. And taken a picture from the monitor. And uh, then you can, t- you know, look, we retouch all the time to make us look better. Sure. If you have a pimple or a bag under your yeah, eye. or the beauty of it. But you Photoshop. Can, you can also Photoshop to make people not look of good. Of course, and yeah. And the photographer showed me the, the, the well quote-unquote the real image but I mean I guess it depends what monitor you're looking on you know I mean I I don't even know so it really it really made me just realize the whole thing is illusion good and bad but wasn't
0: it like the the wasn't it tricky in the sense that you know from what I understand I you know Uh I'm certainly not trying to stir anything up (laughs) but but like that there was sort of this championing of you know, why would Cindy be, you know, uncomfortable with this image of her without being touched up? She's so amazing. So you have all these women saying, and then you have to be like, well, it's intrusive.
1: It w- I didn't say anything oh, yeah. <laughs> because I didn't, there, there was an outpouring from women mm-hmm. who were like, you know, she's real like us and yeah. whatever. And I didn't want to reject that. I, but at the same time, it wasn't quote unquote real. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe I, I don't know. You That's, didn't want to
0: get into that dialogue. I just thought,
1: and and I unfortunately there might have there was certainly people who who um, genuinely were championing me, but yeah. there were also the snarky people. Not the worst. And snark is the worst. And so you <laughs> kind. I just I just didn't because I was like, what can I do? Yeah. Do I have to go on Good Morning America and pull my shirt up and go? <laughs> That's not what I look like. I didn't know. And even there. If depending on the lighting mm. they could I could retouch abs I could have a sure. six pack yeah um, it's or, a little hard
0: with high definition now to hide uh, you know, yeah thing.
1: but good lighting yeah it's, it's really all about lighting sure it's all about lighting it is right it totally is
0: and we well I was looking through your book and it seems like in terms of you know talking about lighting that the book is more of a it's almost like a tribute to the photographers you worked with.
1: Well, there's there's a, a big section which is um, honoring those guys that were my mentors, um, both good and bad. I mean, some some of the photographers I learned hard lessons from. Yeah. Um, but most of them, I learned about modeling and other life lessons. So one section of the book, and it's called the Image Makers. Those are the guys that really shaped me, not only as a model, but you know, yeah. as, as kind of a woman and as yeah. a professional.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's because you did you you came. It wasn't your and expectation to be a model.
1: I didn't even know it was a real job. (laughs) I mean, I grew up in you know a very small town outside Chicago. My dad farm town. Well, it was surrounded by cornfields, but there was a university there, so it's it was kind of a it's a small town, right. It was and, a small town.
0: And your dad was what?
1: He was, let's see, when I was, he worked for my, my grandfather, so he was a machinist. Yeah. Then he was an electrician. Then he was a glazer, which uh-huh. we used to think that, we told my sister he worked for Dunkin' Donuts. Um,
0: <laughs> so he, he made glass? What's a glazer do? A
1: glazer puts glass in buildings. Oh,
0: okay, okay. I I think that's what. That's what he told you. Or he
1: really was uh, glazing the donuts. So he's a
0: working guy. Yes, did a lot of stuff.
1: And my mom didn't work while we were really little, and then she went to work like in a doctor's office. Uh So you know, we were definitely, um, you know, lower class working working class collar family.
0: Uh huh. And you have what? One sister?
1: I have no. I had um, an older sister. I still do. Yeah. I have a younger sister, and yeah. then I had the youngest in our family was a brother who died oh, that's when sad. he was when well, we we were all kids, but he was the youngest. Do you remember kid. that? Yeah, I was ten when he died. Uh, so it's horrible. Yeah, it was devastating for my whole family, and yeah. only when I had my own kid could I understand how that must have been for my parents. Because you know, you knew it was sad, but I right. was still only ten, and you right, you know, your life kind of right goes on yeah. but I don't know how my how my mother went on. Like that, for me that's like I she I always have been um you know she's always been one of my heroes but after becoming a mother myself and realizing how she just like got up the next day and made breakfast for the other three of us because Ugh. because we were there
0: right she had to she had to the depth of the grief though yeah. you couldn't really wrap your brain around till no. now. Ugh, right. it's just awful. But uh, are are they still around?
1: Um my sisters are yeah I just saw them at Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Your folks? No. My, my, both, oh, yeah. I actually have two grandmothers still alive. Come on! Yes. One is, well, she'll probably be mad at me. I think she just turned 97. Um, and she lives in DeKalb still with my aunt. And then my other grandmother is 93, and she lives by herself in Florida. Does she drive? She does drive. <laughs> so watch out. Now, Ramona, if you're listening, you're a very good driver. Yeah. Um,
0: and That's amazing. No, That's, I went uh, to
1: visit her in the spring, and I was like, "So, who cleans your house?" She goes, "What do you mean, who cleans my house?" She goes, "I do, but I can only do one room a day now." Um, she <laughs> breaks it up. Um, she's good, amazing.
0: Good genetics. Yeah. You're so gonna- <laughs> last I have a while.
1: Two grandmothers, yeah. both my parents. And That's amazing. Very blessed, yes.
0: And you and you and you have you're on good terms with everybody.
1: I am. I mean, I'm. I've always, yeah. Well, I'm on great terms with everybody. Even um, I, there was a time with my dad that it was more. Um, disconnected just because, you know, he he was the one who really left my mother and I was in our uh, high school.
0: Oh, they're not together?
1: No. Uh. And I think, you know, we were mad at my dad and we were very protective of my mother. Yeah. And, my, and I, I do think, looking back, part of my dad's kind of acting out was probably his grief over losing his son. He just grieved in a different way than my mother did.
0: Oh, so there was, uh, like, he was uh, uh, out in the... Doing the business,
1: yeah, and, and he, other things. Yes, he he, he 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 knows. I've talked about this on the radio before, so sorry, Dad. Um, but we worked hard to have a relationship. Now, um, and we never were had no relationship.
0: It wasn't like but yelling and screaming.
1: No, or like where we didn't talk for five years. But Ooh. we've we've gotten. I mean, we we always talk. But right. you know, I, I I guess I lost respect for my dad. Yeah, and. And then we had to come back together in a way where I, – I, and my dad's great. Anyone who meets my dad, they're like, he's the greatest guy ever. Of and he is. He's very charming. Well, those guys
0: who act out are usually very charming. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they got to have a little game.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's good. So, you know, you worked it out. I mean, I think just by virtue of living long enough and having your own life and, you know, when you really don't need your parents for anything practical, that, you know, it's really up to you to make it right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, I saw – I think me having my own like you said I didn't need any like my financial right. independence right. from my family which happened very young and in fact I was helping you know the the, the shift it it sure. it switched to the other foot at at one point where I was helping them um but that does help you I mean look I, I like you want your um storybook wedding and and marriage and you do want your Daddy to have all the answers and your mommy to always be there to give you a hug. And that doesn't always work out that way. And then you have to figure out the real life version of those relationships. Right? Yeah. It's the worst. It is. It's like like sometimes you get mad at like the film industry or the songs because they paint this um, unrealistic vision right. of what life is supposed to, you know like relationships aren't supposed to be hard who right. said that i yeah, mean I any relationships hard sure. my relationship with my dog is hard sometimes oh yeah you know
0: <laughs> yeah my cats like yeah same thing it's weird i i mean i don't yeah i've had bad relationships but like when an animal gets fucked up you're like oh my
1: god <laughs> or just like when they do annoying things you can sure. be annoyed you can still love oh, yeah. things and be annoyed by them sure.
0: i just had to buy a new carpet because of them <laughs> you yeah. have to buy a new couch but, but in the same light, it's interesting that, you know, it, it, modeling gets a lot of, uh, a, a little bit of flack for for um, creating an illusion of, of, of what people or women should be. And, and, right. I mean, you dealt with that early on as well, too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, well, I think, but going back to what we were talking yeah. about before, I mean, if what I came through that whole thing with that picture yeah. a year ago, what I came to realize is that photography is an art. Yeah. And... All the choices the photographer makes from how does he where does he put the light? When does where does he put the camera? What angle? When does he click the shutter? Which one does he choose to say, this is the one that represents my right. my vision? It's an art. It's not so like if an, if a painter paints a picture of a yeah. beautiful woman, you don't go, That's an unrealistic uh portrayal right, 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 of women. Women right. can't live. It's like it's their fantasy version of whatever they're painting. Sure. And that is what photography and fashion photography right. is as well um so it shouldn't really be taken too literally and i think that um i mean now everyone knows because even like my 14 year old daughter knows how to facetune something for her sure. snapchat or, or yeah, not yeah. snapchat i guess you can't you can't do that on snapchat instagram on instagram right. um so i don't do snapchat because yeah, I, and, and my daughter's I, like mom no you're you are not doing. This let action. me have one thing exactly that's why instagram all of a sudden became not cool because the moms were doing it and now yeah. now my daughter's like i'm so over instagram and i'm like i just finally yeah, am right. getting it that's
0: why i'm leaving
1: exactly <laughs> right
0: that happened with facebook twitter seems to elude most grown-ups which is good
1: yeah i think the people i know that use twitter it's more for like news like what's happening right in the second right like right they, right they get yeah, use from it,
0: I use it for my uh, uh, ego validation. Oh, good, constantly. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice to have that yeah.
0: constant feedback from strangers. It's always <laughs> right. good. Well, no, I, I understand what you're saying about that, and also, like, I think that it seems like your generation of of those first uh, that wave of supermodels for, and you, I think you were different. Than most models, right? You were not emaciated. You were you looked healthy. You it was like a new a whole
1: new thing. Yeah, but you know, fashion it's like yeah. a pendulum, right? So sure. it can go from Marilyn Monroe to Twiggy, and sure. then yeah, yeah, yeah. everything in between. Well, I- so like our generation, it was about being strong and having a real body, and um, but that can only go one place, which is back to a uh, Kate Moss, uh-huh. who, you know, who was like a deer in headlights, and but right. that's but that's you know, Kate eats she's not right that's just how her body looks and I mean for me what where I think fashion should be going or you know how fashion is portrayed is more all-encompassing that that Kate Moss can be beautiful and Marilyn Monroe Mm -hmm. do you know like that it's everything like it and especially now that I have a daughter and I see her watching what's you know oh right in in the moment, and she's fourteen. Yeah, so that's so she, when it all happens, right? So she's yeah. very much watching like Gigi and Kendall Jenner and um, Cara Delevingne mm-hmm. and Carly Kloss and all those people, and I see how she's measuring herself against them, and that's why it's important to have to it. have it broader because not everyone is five ten, and not everyone is you know I mean you know some girls like now it's funny like in my generation it was like you didn't want a big booty but now all of a sudden yeah because of yeah you know the popularity of the kardashians it's like now that's in style which is great if you have a big booty but now these girls that don't now they feel bad about it. you know it's like it's just crazy it's like
0: it's all relative to, yeah. uh, to the trend at the moment yeah so when you were what was the plan though when you were uh, you know growing up in that little town i mean, what. You were, I mean, you were a good student, right? And you were like on the trajectory for some other.
1: Yeah, I was. Thing. I, I was good at school. Yeah, I mean, it's a skill. I think yeah. school it doesn't necessarily correlate to um, learning. Well, it correlates to learning what they put in front mm-hmm. of you, but I, you know, like I, I just see like. School is like I have a good school brain. Like you give me material, I can retain it fairly easily. I can regurgitate it. You have back.
0: discipline though, and you can yeah. study. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I didn't have to kill myself. I right. just did the homework. Yeah, but I was a good student, and then um, I, I, I did feel at a certain point, I, and I talk about it in my book. Yeah, that at there was a student teacher who like at the end of her four month student teaching our class she gave every kid like a award like that she made up like Mm -hmm. most likely to whatever whatever and she put on mine future Miss America yeah and it was funny because it wasn't something I ever cared about being Miss America but what was impactful to me is that she she dreamed big for me yeah she it was like planting the seed like wow like Someone else thinks that I could maybe be Miss America. Uh So I'm allowed to dream big because I think, you know, kind of that Midwestern Protestant mentality is like the sky is falling save for a rainy day, you know, do safe, don't take chances. It's very different than the way my husband was raised in New York. And so this was like, oh, oh, that, I can dream big. So then I started thinking I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something. So the biggest jobs that I could think of at the time were um, nuclear physicist, just because right. it sounded good. Sure. And first woman president. And then in high school when I graduated um, and I got an academic scholarship into Northwestern, but I had to go into engineering. So I just was like, mm, chemical, <laughs> sound... electrical. Well, I picked chemical because yeah. I'm like, well, I'm good at chemistry. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't know what was next. But I that was a way for me to go to school free and like while I was figuring it out. And then I only went for like the first half of freshman year. And then my modeling career really took off and I left. But um, what,
0: like in high school, though, were you like, you know, you must have been hot. <laughs> you, I mean, what were you doing in high school? Were you driving around? Did you have bad boyfriends? did you i had a
1: great high school i had oh, like yeah? i went out with a quarterback you know I wasn't, that,
0: you were that girl but i
1: wasn't like in my school the, the i'm gonna girls. judge you i'm gonna
0: judge you now <laughs> why
1: were you not that guy <laughs> no
0: i was definitely not the quarterback i was the guy going like fuck that guy his girlfriend
1: um i was a little bit like in my school like the i was definitely in like the if you had you know, like the in-group, right? Cheerleader? But the, no.
0: Okay. Because all the right. girls in oh, my... Adamant no. No. Yeah. No,
1: I would have been, but the yeah. girls in my school that were really like considered like the hottest ones yeah. were more like the cheerleaders, like the little sure. cute. I'm still yeah. friends with, uh, really good friends with two of them that were... Two were, of the cheerleaders? Yes. And they were twins. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so I was friends with them, but yeah. they were like the homecoming queen. They were the mm-hmm. cheerleaders and all that. But... But I was, you know, friends with them, and I had a great time in high school. I, but I also did have some of, like, the more, um, like, the the calculus friends, too. Do you know, I kind of had, sure. like, a few of the You could smart... move through
0: both worlds. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and then I graduated, and, yeah, and then I, I was already modeling in high school toward the end. For what? Oh, well, in Chicago, there's a lot of catalog there, so I started with Marshall Fields, Sears. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I could, I mean... The thing about Chicago is, you can have a working career as a model there. I could have, I, and I and I met several women there who were a few years older than me. That you know, they were working every day, mm-hmm. doing catalog, and had like a normal midwestern life. Yeah, but you weren't going to be in Vogue. You weren't going to do those big, right? You know, campaigns.
0: How soon after you started doing the smaller campaigns? So you were like just. Just out of high school when you well, started? No,
1: I started. Um, so my my senior year of high school, I was I was working pretty a lot already. Uh
0: huh. And what you'd go on the weekends to shoots? And... I would
1: go. I I did my um, high school classes in the morning, right? And then I would drive into Chicago and I would model probably three or four afternoons a week.
0: How long did it take before you were like, I'm gonna be on Vogue? Um, like when did it, you realize? Like, all right, so so this is the hierarchy. This is the job. You know, this is this is the biggest you can get here.
1: Yeah. Well, what I noticed is there was this one photographer in Chicago, Victor Skribneski, who's yeah. still alive, and I'm friendly with him now. And he was like the big fish there. If you were working with Skribneski in Chicago, you were doing like the best jobs. That and Chicago. what were those jobs? It was like I magnon He actually shot Estee Lauder too. So uh-huh. he. He shot Town and Country. Uh So he did shoot some national things more than these other guys. And um, I was working for him every day. But I noticed when he had really good jobs, he would fly in the New York Girls. Uh And that's what they were called, the New York Girls. And like the Chicago Girls we didn't even get to eat lunch. We had like our own little place that we ate lunch, but yeah. the New York girls got to eat with Victor. <laughs> they got to wear the best clothes. Who they were got, they at
0: that time? You it remember? was like
1: um, Iman, uh-huh. who was married to David yeah. Bowie. Yeah. Um, Diane DeWitt, Andy McDowell. Oh, um, yeah. There was, you know, they would come in and they were the New York girls. Uh-huh. And I was like, wait, I want to be a New York girl because they got all the, you know, they got the, the yeah. treated like royalty. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't think about Vogue, but I did think, okay, I'm. I I, I think I want to be a New York girl. Uh huh. So that kind of didn't happen overnight. I mean, my New York agency would be calling me. Who? Which I, one? Elite at uh-huh. the time. Yeah. Like, I wasn't ready to leave. Like I felt very. So you were safe.
0: signed with a local agency and with Elite.
1: Well, I was with Elite in Chicago. Oh, okay. So they so kinda... they
0: snapped you up pretty quick. Yeah. They just want to get everybody. Yeah. So what were there? There was Elite and Ford and Wilhelmina, and that was that.
1: And there was a few others, but those were the big players at right. that time.
0: Uh-huh. And so this guy, Victor, Uh
1: huh.
0: so you didn't, you know, w- w- how quickly did you sort of take to the camera? I mean, you know, obviously you you look the way you look, but I mean, there's a whole process to it. Oh, you learn. I mean,
1: I'm still learning. Like yeah. I'm a much better model today than I was uh-huh. even at my, let's say, you know- payday just so, because I'm more confident I know how to m- work in front of the camera more I mean it is a there's a skill to modeling as well as just a genetic you know sure that you won the lottery well
0: yeah there's and there's different skills too there's like runway and there's other mm-hmm. things did yeah. you do much of that I did yeah yeah because like I have this weird uh, connection to it in that the my first wife quit modeling and she was pretty good you know so she you was,
1: became that guy
0: <laughs> did I <right? laughs> <laughs> but uh but she was she went into comedy and into show business oh, and wow. and away from me uh <laughs> so I became that guy too <laughs> the, the one that scared the model away <laughs> but but the what was interesting to me though was that i I think she could have had a pretty good career. she was in Italy with Armani and doing runway yeah. stuff and but the lifestyle just was like she couldn't it it was uh devastating
1: to her it can be, and I think one of the things that saved me well my midwestern upbringing mm-hmm. but also i did not really start spending time in new york and europe until i was 20 already mm-hmm. so i had and i so i you know graduated high school i had that like in my pocket like mm-hmm. i was valedictorian i got sure. to feel that gave me a certain amount of self-esteem
0: valedictorian mm. yeah smarty fans
1: um as my I think I, w- I shared it with another guy so yeah. uh, technically I was co-valedictorian with <laughs> but David. But he gets cut out of David the story. David Olive, I know, okay. he just didn't make the story. <laughs> then I went to Northwestern so I had that experience of being yeah. a freshman in college. Right. Then I lived in Chicago on my own for a year and a half before I moved to New York. So by the time I moved to New York, I was, I mean, I thought I was a grown up right. at 20. I mean, yeah. I was, I had had more than if some of the some of the other women that I know that started modeling and they were like shipped off to Milan when they were 15. Right. I think they had a harder time with right. that being, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of there is pitfalls in well, any the, yeah. business. And well, it
0: just seems like there's a, 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 that it's pretty um brutal on, you know, maintaining your, you know, what you think is what you are. Like yeah, I mean, I think the eating disorder thing was a problem, mm-hmm. and and also you know drugs become a problem, mm-hmm. and and the fact that you know you're really seen as in some ways it seems to me in some circles that you're you're sort of seen as playthings for rich people.
1: Right. Well, I think David <laughs> Fincher, I who yeah. I'm a fan of, and yeah. also and we were talking about it. He's like your generation of models was the first time the meat had a say about themselves but it was so like blunt the meat but you know there was something it's it's like what i tell models you know it's like look this do you me-
0: lecture models
1: yes Are you de- no. <laughs> you de- no but if someone asked my advice i'm like look this y- business will use you so yeah. you better use it back right you need to be clear about you know what's right for you and, right um because it'll take like 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 anything. Right. Um so you need to be prepared to kind of say no and then use it back when the opportunity does present itself and not get like I always say and I and I again I say in the book modeling is what I do it's right. not who I am. Right. I think a lot of people it becomes who they are and they lose their identity. Well,
0: yeah, because like what that. I notice and these are just my observations, you know, from the little experience I have is that you you, you know people project so much onto you mm-hmm. and and just you know looks alone or whatever they want so if you don't have to volunteer much of anything Mm-mm. you can just move through life there's a weird power but uh to that but i i imagine it could become pretty tragic because you get insulated and you realize that you know what are they really reacting to and who am i really right yeah.
1: well and by the way if you think it's other than the superficial you're kidding yourself you don't get jobs because you're nice or that you show up on time or whatever you get
0: or you're smart you're either
1: selling the product or the magazine or whatever it is or you're not that's it it doesn't matter you know like people always say about casting couches and I'm like I don't even think you could sleep your way onto a cover of Vogue it's like you're either going to sell the magazine or you're not you've got to make
0: sense to the lens
1: so when they ask you back it's because you sold it's not because they liked you right (laughs) You sold the magazine for them, so they're not doing you a favor. It right. Doesn't matter if you send flowers or don't send flowers. I mean, it's nice to say thank right. you for opportunities, but it's business.
0: Yeah, and you gotta you gotta know that.
1: Yeah, and you have to realize like it is it is brutal. Like you are totally being judged on how you look. I mean, it's, it's a job. It just is what it is. <laughs> right. So so like you have to be okay with that. And it, and it I think depending on how you were raised and depending on how young you are and what other. Um, self-esteem uh-huh. boosters you have in your life, it can be brutal.
0: But you have saw a lot of people fall of the wayside, I imagine, a you lot know, of tragedies or no.
1: I didn't... My husband always teases me because he's like, you're so naive and you... you. Because like I don't do drugs, so I'm completely oblivious when other people are. Right? Oh,
0: really? And he'll be yeah. like,
1: "I can't believe you didn't see that." I'm like, "What?" I yeah. know. So I, That's I like,
0: that helped you too, apparently. I think
1: so <laughs> because, and also because I wasn't <laughs> that girl. People weren't offering it to me. Uh-huh. You know, it was just like I guess it was going on.
0: Oh, come on!
1: No, honestly.
0: When did you get to New York?
1: In '80, I moved there full time in '86. No,
0: well, I, well, so really, so but you started going there in what
1: '84.
0: Well, that, well, that's interesting, because a lot of that shit was sort of a, a little tapering off and a little more quiet. Yes. Uh, you know, like Danceteria and 54 and all that shit was over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I never went to Studio 54 while, I, I mean, I've been in it as a space, but I never went there. Like, when I was in New York, it was like Nell's and Limelight and oh. Area. Nels was one. bad.
0: Yeah, and there's, there's well, drugs was, I, at Nell's. Oh, there's I'm it, sure, yeah.
1: In the <laughs> in the area. I was just dancing. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, sure, I was just
0: dancing. So yeah, Nell's and area, and what was the other one? Was um, it, Limelight, yeah. I
1: remember. Oh, Limelight. And wait, there was I did drugs one... all those places, <laughs> and I don't even dance. Did you ever go to Peggy Sue's? Yeah. That was fun for sure dance, yeah it know. was
0: what was it was there was a theme there what was it uh, it was
1: like on university or something yeah, upstairs yeah, yeah. that was right like, it wasn't too big it was like not right. like a huge club where you just get lost i just remember
0: when i was like because i we are literally around the same age that when that was going on um you know i would go with these expectations and you get there and it's like oh it's just another crowded room i mean it's like with new year's it, eve <laughs> yeah it's it's always like new year's eve yeah. at those places yeah it is it's always exhausting to me. i didn't know what people did there you don't talk so if can't you do not talk. No, so if you don't go yeah. with a crew of people, well, how are you going to have fun? Yeah, yeah. But you that's, just, yeah, that's me. But, I mean, you must have, like, not only, like, like when you talk about Nicholson and these people, you were certainly running in circles where, like, how close were you with the other... Who was your group? I know it was... Who were the group of models that you well, got associated with? I know in the... Like, Christie Turlington, right.
1: Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, Stephanie Seymour, yeah. Tatiana Petit. Um, I mean, there was... Uh, Gail Elliott, who was, you know, was and still is a really close friend of mine. Um, you guys were like rock
0: stars. You were like, you, it was like, it was like supermodels and athletes. There was some sort of correlation between it, it seemed the popularity culturally.
1: Yeah, it was a moment for models for sure, where it was like, and you know, I I, I do talk about how that David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, Freedom 90 video that he did for George Michael really Uh like I don't know like that really cemented that whole that was Fincher huh yeah Uh I know before yeah he was doing music videos
0: before he he was able to manifest his dark vision under the world
1: (laughs) um
0: but so that's where you taught you grew uh you built a relationship with him or you got to know yeah, him? Yeah, Well,
1: right? I actually had done some commercials with him. Um Really? Yeah. He you know, they all start doing commercials uh-huh, or sure. music videos and then, you know, I mean so David's th- certainly taken it
0: oh, yeah. beyond. Yeah, he's a good filmmaker. Yeah. So you and you think that was sort of the beginning of the uh the rock star. I think niche? it
1: culminated it because just culturally what was going on with MTV and music and fashion was colliding. Mm-hmm. And also, at the time, you you know it wasn't like now where there's like five hundred channels on right it had it just cable was just coming, and all of a sudden there was um more hunger for content. yeah, so it was a it was a chance because you know I talk about like on MTV before I did House of Style on MTV, the only fashion you could see on TV was Elsa Clench CNN, <laughs> which was a already I mean amazing that fashion was being covered on TV, but it was being covered in a very CNN uh-huh. um, sterile covering the collections yeah. and you know right. whatever and then with MTV we did it in a very MTV kind of way which was more um, you know we had relationships because of me with designers and with great photographers and stuff so we could cover cool things but we did it in a way like um, you know to democratize it and make it like showing Naomi Campbell putting Zit Cream on right. or going to Sears with um, Simon Le and and, and and you know just kind of making fashion not so
0: yeah
1: um, elitist,
0: right, and and also I think it was probably one of the first true reality shows, right? I mean, I don't think they were really doing
1: unscripted that. drama. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we know that yeah. they're they're a bit scripted, but I mean that the humanizing element, yes. of of this uh, sort of mysterious and seemingly snobby or elite industry mm-hmm. was because models were like I don't you know look I've been duped, <laughs> like you know like I you you know there is something. There's a fine line. There, there, you you guys are are kind of um, freaks of nature in a way. Mm. And, and I'm saying like that. like
1: an athlete. Like yeah. Thread, no, yeah. exactly.
0: That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you, you know, when you see like a, a model, there's that moment where you're like, oh, my God, there's one of them. Like mm-hmm. I used to, where I used to, I used to live on 16th and... Um, and like uh, third, and there was a, an apartment where all these you know models were living.
1: Model apartment, yeah.
0: Right, and I would I would walk outside, and I felt like I was like witnessing some you know right. you, you know endangered species <laughs> right, or right, right. some unique animal. I'm like oh, they're out. They're- <laughs> <laughs> Look at they're walking on the street. Right, that's funny. But but I think that people make that assumption that that you guys are are you know um, snobs or don't have personalities, and I think that show was the first to really kind of get behind that. Yeah. And then it, 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 the model of that show became used for all of, for a lot of different industries. Yeah. Yep. But were you guys all friends?
1: I mean, it's like any business yeah. it's like or any office, right? There's some yeah. that you really are close to and right. there's some that you are entertained by but maybe wouldn't want to, you know, go on vacation with. And there's some that you really are annoyed, you know, that you just roll your eyes at or whatever. It's like it's it's you get the gamut of yeah. everything. It's like, you know no more or no less than if you took a hundred people yeah
0: yeah right, right. Um, right. you know, right. like it's it's like when people say like you know comics seem to have more drugs and alcohol problems i'm like really have you looked at plumbers or anybody right, else like, right i mean everybody's just you're gonna have
1: issues right. when you're with other people right i mean maybe yeah. certain careers foster sure. or there's access in a different way but no i mean i i'm still friendly with you know, like I just did a shoot with um, Claudia Schiffer oh, yeah? and Naomi Campbell for Balmain. And what was amazing was, I mean, because now, especially Claudia and I, like we have families and uh-huh. kids, the the kind of competition is over. Like we both won, right? Like, yeah. Oh,
0: good. So yeah. it's
1: kind of like, it's, it's like we could just enjoy each other as women. We uh-huh. weren't, it wasn't like, I remember being 20 years old and like backstage at a show and like you're checking out you know, everyone's checking each other out because we're all just insecure young women, right? Like, About to I mean, hit
0: the runway, you mean?
1: Yeah, or like, but go- you're all changing backstage, yeah, right? right? So you, <laughs> Everyone's just wearing a tiny thong, so you really, you can't hide anything. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like checking each other yeah. out. And I felt like it was really nice reconnecting with Claudia. And uh-huh. I've seen her, you know, over yeah. the years, but we had spent a whole day together and we had a lot of time in the dressing room. And it was just like just talking like girlfriends like about uh, kids and uh-huh. you know yeah, husbands yeah. and school and Aww. travel and um and you know I have that with Christy Turlington I have that with um my friend Gail so Christy's and then Christy's
0: married to uh the Eddie, filmmaker Eddie, yeah yeah, Eddie yeah. Turns. and they're still together mm-hmm. that's good yeah it's interesting when people are able to manage a marriage
1: yeah <laughs> she's a great um woman and very she's smart and she's very philanthropic and I'm, you know, she's a, she's, I think she might be five years younger than me, but I'm, I, I feel like a little bit like a big sister. I'm like uh-huh. so proud of everything that she's done in her life beyond modeling because uh-huh. modeling is a great platform, but it's kind of like if that's all it is for you and you don't take it, take advantage of it, then, then you're just like, you know, I don't want to be, I'm turning 50 next month and I don't want to be that woman like trying to be 25 when i'm 50 yeah like i had a great 25 i yeah. had a great 20 i had a great yeah. 30 i want to <laughs> have a great 50 and a great 55 you know i don't want to be um nostalgic for my glory days i mean i celebrated i i, I honor them i celebrate them yeah. but i don't want to be stuck there
0: well as somebody who's turning 50 and as somebody who you know still is visible uh you know culturally and 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 dealing with, you know what women deal with at fifty, and the idea that you don't want to, you know, try to, you, you know, make, you know, look twenty-five or whatever. You want to accept your age. I would like
1: to look twenty-five. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't want to try like I'm right, trying right. to look twenty-five. Okay. If I just did, that would be awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you? Is there a way? Because I like again going back to the reaction mm-hmm. to that photo, whether it was real or it wasn't real. You know, part of the struggle for you sort of cultural acceptance as an older woman is is real right like it's hard
1: <laughs> yeah but the, here's the thing like yeah. i used to think there was a certain age and i think growing up in the midwest i thought it was much younger like yeah. okay when you're 50 you can yeah. just like screw it right eat whatever i want right and i'm like gonna but um first of all that the world doesn't work that way now because like i said there's the guy with the cell phone camera when you're at oh, starbucks so
0: um, It'd be very exciting for all of them if you just wet yourself down. They, they would be, this is the best thing ever. Look at I don't at think her. my
1: husband would be so big on that. But <laughs> um, but but I but on the other hand, there is like all these incredible women like Jane Fonda or mm-hmm. Helen Mirren or um, Viola Davis. I mean, like when I just, I'm thinking of the people I saw at the, the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes right? Yeah, yeah. And they, I think they all look amazing. Yep. And they, they look beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, they don't look beautiful for their age. They just right. look, they're beautiful women. But right. I think the aging thing, what I'm learning, for me anyway, is totally an inside job. You cannot, It you know, because, look, if you don't feel good about yourself, it doesn't matter if 100 people tell you. Right. And, 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 and the opposite is also true. Like, if you feel good and someone doesn't like, I don't know what yeah. you're wearing, but you feel good in it, you feel yeah. good. So I, I feel like... For me, it's just figuring out how I want to be at, yeah. in that next chapter of my life and and i'm and and that's my project. I mean, really, that it's I didn't know this at the time, but in doing the book, mm-hmm. I thought, yes, it's a celebration and whatever, but in some weird way, a weird way, I also see it's like the end it's like a bookmark on that part of my life because I've done it. I did the modeling thing, yeah. I mean, of course, I'm still going to get my picture taken because I have my skincare line. I have Omega watches. I have-
0: And you're Cindy Crawford.
1: Well, and I mean, that's part of what I do. That's my job. So, but I don't want to have to be like trying to do like cool editorial. At a certain point, you're like, yeah, you're like, guys, I don't care.
0: I'm too old for this I just feel silly, you know? And I have
1: like this 14-year-old daughter who's like- I always tease her and I wrote in the book I'm like she has my old hair. Yeah. She has my old legs. I want them back. You yeah. know, she's you yeah. know, I just see her blossom being and I want to I want to leave room for that. Like I don't want to be competing with my 14-year-old daughter.
0: Sure, and you want to be a good role model.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, it's it is but it is I'm not there yet, but that is kind of like my mission I feel like at this point in my life is making that transition.
0: Into uh into a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. and being comfortable with it yeah Uh yeah and now were there points in your career where because you know modeling obviously doesn't work out as long as it has for you for everyone were there like because it seems like you're you were very um you know business-minded but there must have been times where you were like fuck this isn't going to last forever what do i got to do now
1: well when i started you know five years was like Forever in a, in model years, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I moved to New York at twenty, it was like, okay, but what am I going to do when I'm twenty five? You yeah, know, I'm going to have yeah. to have like the backup plan. And I thought, well, that's when, because I dropped out of Northwestern. I was like, well, I can go back to school and right, I'll figure right. it out, um, right? And I'll probably know more what I want to do. And then at twenty five, things were still full. When did speed you get ahead. married the first time? I was twenty six. Uh huh. Yeah. So.
0: Do you, how, do you, how do you look back at that experience?
1: Um, I was young. Yeah, I didn't think I was young though. Right, but I was young, and And I because I didn't really. Were you? What was it?
0: How long did that last?
1: The marriage. I was with Richard for like six years. Oh, really? I was only married for two years.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Are you guys
1: friends still? We're friendly, but I mean, I think it's a long time ago, right? I think, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's gone back to being like Richard Gear again, like a stranger, because I we don't really see each other that much, but, um when asking if we were friends i mean i think part of the problem in our relationship was that we were probably we were a lot of other things but i don't know if we were ever friends oh yeah like peers because i was young and he was richard Gere, and um and then as i started kind of growing up and growing into myself right it's hard to change the dynamic of a relationship once you're already in it yeah you know
0: yeah yeah, because so, you get locked into those patterns yeah. and those triggers and whatever weirdness you have that you right. always have emotionally. Yeah. yeah. That's what brought you together. And that's why when mm. people ask
1: me, you know, advice about, because I've been with Randy now, like, almost 25 years, and saying, wow, oh, gosh, over, tw- well, we met, I guess we have, we've only been married 17 years, but we've been that's together like run. 23. Yeah, And I say that, you know, I think why Randy and I really work is that we were friends first. Uh-huh. Like I never pretended to like baseball, or right. meditation, or whatever you know, whatever the version is. Um, I because I, I wasn't trying to. You didn't win. really
0: like meditation, huh?
1: <laughs> I liked meeting the Dalai Lama. Okay. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure I would have gone. And I mean, it's but well, they were great experiences. Yeah, yeah. But you know, right. it's like. It's that thing where you're you're on that first date and they're like you're like oh I oh, I love that right and you're like and then six months later they're like let's go to the baseball game and you're like I hate baseball and they're like what yeah it's like so when you when you are with a friend and you never did that and right. you really showed like your flaws from the beginning like right. I wasn't trying to impress Randy right and he wasn't he didn't even we got hooked up we had to go to a wedding together. But not as dates. Just like a sh- he was just chaperoning me because I didn't want to go. He's alone. a model. He was. Yeah, but at the time he, I mean, he modeled briefly. Yeah. In college to right. make money and meet girls, I think. Yeah. Um, but he already had his first bar at the time. Um, oh, he's a restaurateur again. Yeah. Uh huh. And he had a bar at the Whiskey. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, at the Paramount. Oh okay. The Whiskey, at the, at the Paramount at the Hotel. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Did I remember the, that. Yeah. yeah. So we met and he didn't want to really go out with me because he was dating another model and I was like my friend whose wedding it was was like well you can go with one of these three guys and I knew the other two and I was like I'm not going with them so I'll take this unknown door number three was Randy but he was late picking me up I was like you're (laughs) late like I was yelling at him like the first time I met him uh which was good because then when I yelled at him later on he wasn't he'd already seen that side of me oh
0: there's this Cindy yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) I know this one All right, so so at 20, you were like, "What am I going to do on 25? Yes, and then at and 25. And then
1: 25, it kept, um, it was like my career was like still going great. I had a cosmetic contract and, uh-huh. you know, I was still working a ton. So I was like, okay, this could maybe last till 30. Right. 30, same thing. I was like, okay, give it five more years. Then I started, I did have kids and I definitely, when my kids were really little, I definitely, that's when we moved to LA and I did pull back a little bit, but there was still, I had contracts, I had things that I was doing. And Why'd you move here? Lifestyle.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I think okay. we just
1: felt like it was a better, not over. better, better for us right. place to raise kids because like you can have a yard and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not like, I don't know. You don't have you to overschedule. over
0: where you grew up.
1: Well, I don't think we would. That wasn't <laughs> even on the option. Randy grew up in New York. So it would have either been New York or LA right. and we we both just decided we liked LA but uh, you know,
0: but what you're saying basically is that for as long as you're you're selling magazines or selling makeup or whatever you're going to work or Pepsi's or right yeah and you kept being asked back yeah And so you just kept going
1: yeah and then um yeah did
0: you did you at some point you know how much like when you said you know your know, modeling can take but you've got to take from it was there a point where. You know, you worked with somebody to sort of um, kind of become a better business person or how did that sort of happen? Just through partnerships?
1: I think a lot of it is, um, I mean, I was always a good student. So Mm -hmm. like you're around smart Mm -hmm. people, marketing, Mm -hmm. advertising. And if you just pay attention, you can learn a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I left at a certain point. I left my model agency and went with like, a, well, William Morris at the time and then now CAA. Um, because they, you know, model agencies, especially back then, they, they only looked at you as a five year career. Right. And if it wasn't you, one of their other models was going to get a job. Like they just churned, they weren't into, um, developing careers. Right. They were into using you. And I think that that is changing in the modeling industry, but at the time they were not there yet. Right. So I switched to an agency out here who really helped me. Like for instance, um, when I first started working with Omega Watches, the agent that I was working with at the time, yeah. our whole thing was like, look, we don't just want to sleep together. Right. If we're going to sleep together, we're getting married. Make her a three-year contract. Oh, right. Learning to... And then I knew they were investing in me and I would invest in them. And that's kind of how I've approached my business for the last 20 years. It's like, I don't want to just do little things here, little things here, unless they're, unless I know what I'm getting out of right. it. Right. Um, and then it's it's worked out. And, they,
0: and you tried acting.
1: I never wanted to be an actress. Right. And uh, But you got
0: to try it when you're a model, right?
1: Well. I can't I, remember.
0: What, you do. what did you I do? I did. You
1: know? Well, the funny thing is the first time I ever even had any thought about my, uh, acting was yeah. I was working with Richard Avenon and he's like, uh, my friend Mike Nichols wants to meet you. Um, he wants you to come audition for him for a movie. Uh-huh. And he's like, so when we finish the shoot today, just go over to yeah. his office or whatever. And i mean i knew who mike nichols was but that sure. was about it yeah. never had seen a script before never had read uh uh-huh. like never did theater or Nothing. anything so i go and he hands me the, like the sides which i didn't even know were called sides at the right. time and he's like can you read these so yeah. i i literally am like uh, um blah, blah you know yeah. the muslim you know blah 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 uh, and he's like <laughs> to his credit he was so funny he's like well, you can read. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I realized when he said that, yeah. that what he meant was act them. But he didn't say act them. Right. He said read them. Yeah. So to me, I'm a very literal person. Sure. I read the script. Uh-huh. So that didn't go so well.
0: Yeah. What um, was the movie? Do you I remember? think it was Biloxi Blues.
1: Uh-huh. And then I had done, then I got, you know, I called in on a few auditions for stuff. And sometimes I would go, but mostly i Like, I didn't have an acting coach or acting class or anything. But then um, I did do one movie because I knew the producer, Joel Silver, and he's just very persuasive. And he's like, you're doing this movie. And he just kept, like, making, sweetening the deal to a point where I was like, I'm an idiot if Mm -hmm. I don't do it. right? And it was such a a nightmare in a lot of ways. But it was also really a blessing because...
0: Which movie?
1: um, It was called Fair Game with Uh Billy Baldwin, William Baldwin. Uh Uh-huh. But... um, at one point, the director stopped talking to either one of us, oh. so that was like hard because there was no director. <laughs> he was so
0: mad. He what? got
1: mad like that. My trailer was bigger than his, or or I don't know. Like he didn't have his green M M&M. and X. And who like, was that director? Exactly. Uh-huh. He's he's never he's never done another movie. I don't oh think. really? Yeah. Um. He he was a first time director, and and really, and it's funny because I'm friends with Joel, but I'm like I can't believe you did that to me. Put me with a first time director because it was like. You know, swim, someone throw, you know, sink or swim, and you didn't know how to swim.
0: You didn't have any guidance, and you were used to having people behind the camera that knew what they were doing.
1: Yes. Um, But it was a gift in the sense that it enabled me to go, I'm not comfortable. I like being in front of the camera as myself or as some version of myself, and I like the storytelling of fashion photography. But when you give me lines, and I can do, if you give me lines that are me talking like, hi, I'm Cindy Crawford yeah, for House right. of Style, yeah. totally look in the camera, do that. When you give me lines where I'm trying to be someone else, yeah. I just, that is just not, I feel completely uncomfortable and um, don't, like, it just doesn't feel good to me.
0: Yeah. And so I did, was
1: able to let that go.
0: That's good. So you just did the one movie? Yeah. And was it, did it, I, I got. did it get did a release? All, oh
1: my God. It, it got released. It got panned I got panned
0: was that hard i mean would you feel hurt
1: um no i was only no i was fully expecting it i mean <laughs> i'm i'm not stupid so i knew i was setting myself you know
0: you knew it was and gonna, truly, you're going to take a hit
1: i wasn't i don't i don't like they acted like it was the worst movie ever made and right. i'm not sure that it was yeah and i'm not even sure i was the worst but i certainly was in over my head i shouldn't have had a role that big of a role but I was only mad because one journalist I was playing like a lawyer who it was really it's an action movie so Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what Mm -hmm. I did but I was a lawyer in the beginning of the movie and they were like as if Cindy Crawford could be a lawyer and I was like I could be a lawyer if I wanted to be a lawyer that was the only thing that pissed me off like the rest I was like yeah. Of course they're going to, th- unless I was Meryl so you, Strip, the, the one thing you gonna... took
0: personally was like, I could have been a lawyer. I could
1: have been a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. So let's go through, I did, before we wrap it up, let's go, because um, you have worked with some amazing photographers and I do like the idea of, uh, you know, like somebody like Richard Avedon who you just mm. mentioned is is a genius really uh, of photography and and you did a lot of shoots with him, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, what 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 do you take from working with a guy like that?
1: um well certainly his professionalism but i think what i really learned from avidon was i did my first faux cover with him Uh and he he would shoot with the old cameras that we have to go under the cloth so it's like a very slow process it's not like click 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 click, click. no kidding so he taught me how to bring energy to your face right your expression have a thought in your eye for that second that he was going to click yeah that's what I learned from him.
0: And what about um, Helmut Newton?
1: Helmut. Did you um, just.
0: You did some pretty racy stuff, right, with him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're shooting with Helmut, <laughs> that's, that's what you're doing. That's how he is, you know, again, but, it's his fantasy.
0: Right. But was that something when that happened, you know, because that was before Playboy, mm-hmm. and you knew that it was going to be uh, a lot more. Um, maybe not you know fetishy in a way but Mm -hmm. but his vision yeah was that something you were excited to do
1: um i was excited to work with helmet knew not so much the fetishy part knew it was for vogue so you knew it was like it couldn't reason it wasn't like hey helmet it wasn't helmet saying hey come do some pictures for my new book which could be you know any like i i write in the book that i always teased him that he wasn't putting a saddle on me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I like his, he loves women and yeah. he sees them as very strong and very powerful, but also like not ashamed of, it's like not a sanitized woman right. of a, uh, or sanitized version of a woman's sexual sexuality, right. Right. you know, um, he takes risks. Yeah. So I, and he's a great director. He mm-hmm. knows what he wants and you know, you're going to look amazing. So I, I loved working with him, and he's got a wicked sense of humor and, um, you know, and as did his wife, was sometimes around. And it just, I, I loved working with him.
0: And who was the, like, out of all of them, I mean, Irving Penn and some of these guys that I don't know, uh-huh. Stephen myzel what, like, who were the, uh, like, did you work with photographers that just did shitty after a certain point? Were you mm-hmm. only working with the best? or Not were there some... more
1: than once. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, of course, you have to work. I mean, look, at a certain level, you're not working with anyone who isn't, at least good but yeah. you have the people that you feel photograph you better or you like their style better um it's it's hard i only ever left one job once uh-huh. um in the middle of a job and it was because the lighting was so bad i looked like a jack-o'-lantern and i just called my agency and it was like some german catalog or something and i was like i don't know there's no amount of money that they are paying me that is worth it i said you got to get me out of here and they did to uh-huh. their credit yeah um But normally, and especially at the more that you gain um, power as a model, Mm -hmm. the bigger that you get, it becomes a collaboration. Like if I don't like something, I'll say, I don't really like that. And then they'll work with you and they know that you know what, like a lot of photographers will say, which side is better for you or what do you want to do? And you know that. Yeah. Yeah. The side
0: with the mole.
1: Well, it's I I do actually say sometimes it looks weird if it's not showing or it causes a weird shadow or whatever. Oh, really? Um, So, but you do, and that's the the skill part of modeling and the experience of it. Like I've, especially now, a lot of the photographers I'm working with are younger than me, so I can, I can be like, well, or they'll say, oh, this is so, this is so avid, and I'm like, "Mm, Mm. (laughs) no, not really, but okay, if you want to pretend that.
0: yeah. So. Well, you got to work with real guys who shot with on film, you know, like now that's gone. Yeah. All art. that stuff. All yeah. that. Wow. And uh, outside of the book, what what is the, uh, the, the Cindy Crawford uh, industry up to? What do you got going?
1: Well, I have a skincare line that I started, gosh, almost 15 years ago. And is it really good? Uh, I use it. I think okay. it's great because I, you know, I collaborated with a doctor in Paris that, I was his client, so um, I'm really- Before? Yeah. Oh, I knew him. I've known him since I was 28. A makeup artist introduced me to him. And then we started the line, we started working on it Uh when I was 35, when my Revlon contract was up for renewal and I decided to do my own thing. Um, You're going to
0: go, you're going to be a little guy up against the big guys.
1: Well, and it was just, but I wanted, I don't know, I was ready. It was time for me to-
0: Were you unhappy with their products?
1: No, no, but it's just you're a model for them. You're right. a spokesperson sure. for them. It's sure. different like creating your own thing. Yeah, yeah. I was ready for that. And then I still have a relationship with Omega Watches. Yeah. I, have a, I have a furniture line. Really? Um, that doesn't sell. We don't have a um, partner in L- in the Southern Cal area, so no one here knows, but it's big. It's like, you know,
0: what's it called?
1: It's called Cindy Crawford Home. Really? It's, yeah. So I do that. Now
0: but what, but what do you uh, now? When you say you do that, I mean, do you they they show you what they're working on, and you're like, I like that, or I yeah, I don't I'd like say that. my
1: role is more of editing, like uh-huh. or you know, but I'll I can send like I could say, hey, I really like Mark's desk. Yeah. I'm gonna um take a picture of it uh-huh. and go. Hey, can we do something like this?
0: Yeah, you can. You can go to IKEA. And <laughs>
1: So you know, like that's the way yeah. that works, um, and that's been fun. And again, it's the thing I like about the home business is yeah. that I don't. It's not requiring me to be twenty five on the cover of Vogue or right. Sports Illustrated. or right. You know, it can grow with me. Sure. And then I'm, you know, I'm a mom, and yeah. my husband and I really like. Um, well, I don't know how much I like it. We we tend to buy houses and, or build houses, and then you know, sell fix them? them up and sell them. And
0: you guys are flippers.
1: We're not total flippers, but. I don't know. It's something he really likes it uh-huh. and he's very good at it. And so I'm kind of his, I get dragged along. Right, right. Um,
0: you get to pretend you like baseball again.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I do like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I just don't like it when I'm living in it. Right now we're having a situation where I'm living in a project and that's, oh,
0: that's hard. But you're getting, you're you're making your house yes, better.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And he, you guys have had success with that, with the real estate stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. Is he still in the restaurant business? He
1: actually owns a tequila now um, called Casamigos with George Clooney. Oh, yeah? And um, it's been going great. Really? So I'm also so a, tequila, or a tequila spokesperson uh-huh. now.
0: Do you hang out with the Clooney's? We do. He seems like a good guy. Please tell me he's a good guy. He's You're a not great tell him.
1: guy. He I like does him. not disappoint. That's what I always say about George. Like everyone, he has such a great image, and he li- totally lives up to it. He's funny. He's smart. He's engaged. Great, he's charming.
0: Great movie star, Yep, that guy.
1: Yeah, and the wife. is. Yeah. She's no, she's, I mean... Uh, We always joke when we're around a mall that, like, we're like the dumb Hollywood people. Do you know what I mean? She's like really smart. (laughs) So,
0: well, I'm glad that you've brought one over. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was great talking to you, Cindy. Yeah,
1: you too. Thanks.
0: So, that's our show, folks. Uh, That was a nice chat with Cindy. I do need to clarify one thing. Well, uh, some of you know me well enough to know when I was talking to Cindy that uh, I said that my first wife was a model. She was not. uh, She was an actress, and now she's a therapist. It was my second wife uh, who was the model. Neither one of them would uh, ever listen to my show, so I I don't feel like I'd be offending them, uh, but I apologize to both if I did, and also for everything else. I'm going to play the little guitar, and I'm starting to sweat. Hold on. I